Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Okay, chickens, I am so excited about what you're going to hear on the podcast today. So if you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that the way that I think and teach about thought work is not your average life coach. (laughs) We're not talking about manifestations. We're not talking about vibrations, right? We're not talking about like keeping our vibes high. We're not talking in generalities at all. We are really both talking about very concrete coaching tools and skills that you can learn to improve your life. But we are doing that in a way that acknowledges the context of the bigger world and that acknowledges all of the different systemic oppression that most of us live under in various different ways, right, in one or more marginalized identities, most listeners of the podcast at least, but without giving in to feeling like a helpless victim of the world, right, and still empowering ourselves. And I think that the fact that I had such a varied kind of career and intellectual education really is part of what makes me able to do that. And I'm so really committed to the idea of elevating the coaching industry and the coaching conversation. I really believe that coaching can change the world the way that I do it, the way that we do it. And it's really important to me that coaching get to as many people as possible in its full transformative power, which in my belief does require an understanding of the real world that we're all living in. So this is something I'm really passionate about. It's something I teach in depth in my advanced certification in feminist coaching. And it's something that I talk about with my colleagues and my coach friends all the time. And so my colleague, friend, also my student in the first round of advanced certification in feminist coaching, Simone Soul, who is an amazing marketing coach and seven-figure business owner in her own right, She and I started talking about this and we decided to create a limited series podcast that is all about this. It's all about how do we elevate the coaching conversation? Why is it important to understand history and social systems and, you know, sociology and different cultural backgrounds and kind of why is it important to understand all of the rich lived context that people live in, in order to be the best kind of coach you can be, right? And it is called Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation, because we really want to encourage coaches to not try to coach just in this sort of white box of pretending that everyone has the same experience and all the tools apply equally to everyone in the same ways. We don't believe you have to do that to be a good coach. And we, in fact, believe that the more that you are willing to acknowledge your own biases, acknowledge the complexity of the world, acknowledge the complexity of people's experiences, make room for shared empowerment and non-hierarchical coaching in your coaching relationships, the more effective you are as a coach. So I got to like stop myself because I could (laughs) record a whole podcast episode length like sermon (laughs) on this soapbox right now. But what we're doing is publishing this limited series podcast, but I want you all to listen to the first conversation because the truth is, although we talk about this as kind of coaches who are like speaking to other coaches, it's actually relevant to anyone who gets coached also, right? To understand how to pick a good coach, to understand why it's important to pick a coach who has a 
kind of systemic analysis of the world, who has some grounding in understanding all of the different intellectual frameworks that kind of play out in the real world in people's lives. And so if you are at all like to nerd out on coaching and thought work, whether you're a coach or not, this podcast is for you. If you are already a coach, this podcast is absolutely for you. And I like implore you <laughs> to listen to it and to listen to all the episodes that you can show up and serve your clients and the world and yourself at the highest level. And if you're someone who's been like a little bit skeptical about coaching, you know, I think a lot of people have had bad experiences with like the life coaching and wellness industries and especially people who are who live in one or more marginalized identities, right? People who are women of color who have, you know, heard other coaches say that like racism is just in your thoughts or something ridiculous like that, right? Or fat clients who or students or just listeners who have wanted to get coaching but then have been told things like, well, you know, being overweight is a sign that you don't process your emotions or whatever. Like there's so many different ways in which the coaching industry because of its biases and its blind spots has not been able to reach all the people who need it and would benefit from it. That's why I, I'm so passionate about this conversation. So we are sharing the first full episode with you today. And then after this, we will be releasing, and I will be releasing on this podcast, little clips from each of the subsequent episodes. So this week, it's our full episode, is the first conversation in that series. But after this, I'll just be releasing clips to give a taste, a bonus each week taste of what's in that full episode. So if you want to make sure that you get notified every time we put out a new episode and you just want to get like a link in your email and have it be really easy, we have made that easy for you. You can text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven. 1784. That's plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four. And you'll be prompted for a code word and you just reply with the phrase outside the box. Write it normal, like spaces between the words, just like you were texting it to a friend. Outside the box. Or you can visit unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash outside the box, in which case it is all one word. Unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash outside the box, no spaces if you're typing it into a browser. So you give us your email there and we will let you know whenever we release a new episode and we will send you a link to the episode so that it is super easy for you to listen. You can also search outside the white box on any podcast platform that you use. However you're listening to this, you can also search for this new podcast and hit subscribe. And obviously, if you want to leave a review, that's great. We love that too, to help other people see it as well. All right. Without further ado, here's our first episode of Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation. Welcome to Outside the White Box, Elevating the Coaching Conversation. Your podcast with two life coaches who have Ivy League educations and vaguely remember some of what they learned. This podcast is deeper than a Tumblr post, but nothing approaching a PhD dissertation. I'm Simone Soul. I'm Cara Lowenthal. And we're two life coaches who think that the life coaching industry could use a little bit of an intellectual glow up but we do not claim to be experts in anything other than the coaching. Don't add us with any actual expertise. <laughs> Keep your actual expertise to yourselves, please. We hope you enjoy. All right. Hello. I wanted to say hello, my chickens, but who knows who's listening to this? They may not be listeners of my podcast or your podcast. So I feel like we should introduce ourselves, maybe. Sure. What do you think? So I'm Cara Lowenthal. I'm the host of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast, a former lawyer, reproductive rights lawyer and academic, and now a master certified coach. And I coach women on 
how to identify the ways that socialization has impacted their brains and has impacted their self-confidence and their thought processes and how to liberate themselves from the inside out. That sounds so good. I am (laughs) Simone's soul. I live in South Korea. That seems important for some reason. Because since Kara said she's a former all the things, I was a former tarot reader and an epidemiologist. That also feels you can't get those two together usually. That is not the normal. I am the host of the Joyful Marketing Podcast, and I teach life coaches how to love marketing and be as good at marketing as they are at coaching. So that's my deal. I'm so excited to be embarking on this journey, new journey. <laughs> How did I not know you were an epidemiologist? It's not something I lead with. I talk to my like physician coach friends about it. They're like, you never talk about your graduate school degree. Like it just like never comes up, you know? <laughs> What do you have a PhD, a master's? And what is I have a ma- I, I have a master's from Columbia. Wow. Yeah, you don't leave with that at all. You're like, let's start with the tarot. Apologies to anyone who hears my cat screaming. This is real life here. We are recording from our home Cats studios. are a vital part of intellectual life. I'm just That's saying. true. Cats are here to keep us humble. That's my thought. Doesn't matter. Like today I got recognized at a hotel and then I came home. My cat was like, I don't give a shit who you are. I'm best. So... <laughs> Keeps us humble. Okay. I feel like we should talk about what the fuck this is. What are we doing? Yeah. We are here to elevate, That's elevate right. the conversation for coaches. <laughs> you guys can't see us, but Simone and I both showed up to this podcast recording wearing black. The exact same thing. <laughs> and like, we don't normally have the same style. At we all. At all. We're both wearing black. She's wearing a black top. Like solid kind. black. And I like almost never. Yeah. Black Simone top. never wears black. And I'm, I wear black a lot. That's not as weird. But then and we're wearing matching. <laughs> black tops and red glasses. Yeah. We're wearing matching red glasses, except the Simones as usual are like three times as fabulous because she has this collection of giant <laughs> They're glasses. just huge. That's what we're here to talk about glasses. No. So coming from our respective backgrounds, even though Simone's has been secret, apparently, <laughs> of having gone through what some might call elite educational institutions. But more importantly, I think just having a kind of diverse intellectual background, right? Like having studied and worked on areas that require a lot of education and involve a lot of intellectual thought and are very different from life coaching. Of course, we could find all the ways to the same, but like you didn't go get your master's in epidemiology thinking like, this is gonna be really useful when I'm a marketing coach, right? And I didn't like, I wasn't like, let me suffer through three years of Harvard Law School and clerking on a field court in the deep South so that I could like be an amazing life coach. Like that wasn't my thought process. So we have just been talking a lot about the ways in which we think that the life coaching industry is amazing. And also that it would be even more amazing if we, And all of us who are coaches and care about these things spend some time like thinking through the various ways that we can elevate our industry. I feel like anything I say now, I'm like trying not to seem like I know (laughs) this industry. I love the coaching industry. I love coaches. I think like coming from my personal background, one of my values is to be kind of well-educated and well-informed. And I think that so many coaches have amazing coaching skills. They don't necessarily know that much about like what are the origins of the tools they're using and what traditions do they come from and what is the intellectual background of those things? I think that there is 
a deep hunger to know these things and to talk about these things. And maybe that hunger isn't even articulated in our minds because like we don't see anybody offering those ideas, right? So that's where Car and I are hoping to begin to fill the gap. That's how you know Simone's the marketing coach. She was like, here's a positive way of saying this, Cara, and I'm the <laughs> former lawyer. <laughs> but yes, the positive version would be like, I think that all my knowledge, I feel like has enriched my coaching. And I want that for more people. And I want more people to understand that. And I think in a good way, we're seeing a push in the industry to be more diverse and equitable and inclusive in sort of very modern ways. And I, and almost for me, a part of that is like, also, you need to understand the history, like to be a well-informed coach. And I think to take your coaching to the next level, it's important to understand things like historical background and the cultural contingency of some of the things you teach, like what is going to be the same across populations and what might not be. And like, who's your lineage and where are these ideas and practices coming from, right? Like there's a lot of like kind of whitewashing that goes on of just like practices from different traditions. And I guess I should say, we're not pretending we're even experts on this. <laughs> we're just like, we want to talk about we're actually experts in none of this. Like Cara is yeah. an expert in law <laughs> and coaching, and I'm an expert in coaching and just coaching. Marketing, <laughs> marketing, no, marketing, marketing. tarot, epidemiology. <laughs> yeah, I don't so know. This I is not like two people with the PhDs to back this up, but we are two people but, who yeah, are I think we're two people questions. Yeah, we're curious. We are deep thinkers, and I know that there are so many other deep curious thinkers in the coaching industry who are hungering for a more meatier sort of conversations on the topics of like, where are these ideas from? And like, I think these questions are like embedded in our minds. And like, for example, like we just talked about like equity and feminism, Mm -hmm. which are topics that Cara speaks out a lot about and teaches on that just gets to the theme of like, morality and like moral responsibility and coaching. And the theme of moral responsibility and coaching is on every coach's mind that I know of. Like every coach mm-hmm. cares about those ideas, but the wider moral, social, ethical significance of what we do isn't something that's necessarily taught in yeah. any coaching school that I know of. And it's yeah. not because coaching schools like don't give a shit, you know, it's like, it's not like they don't care, but I think the coaching industry is very, very young. The art and science of coaching as something that we study and evolve, like it's just like the youngest discipline in the history of the world and being only a few decades old, as far as I know, and compared to other disciplines like philosophy, psychology, well, I can't really put psychology next to philosophy because philosophy is so, so much older, but, you know, even psychology is depending on how you count, you know, a couple hundred years old philosophy, you can say thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. And I think the thought systems that undergird coaching are really descendants, right. Of these other intellectual traditions and the way we think about it and the way we approach it, the way we practice it can only be enriched by more intentionally thinking about, about where it all comes from. Yeah. I think that's actually like, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, okay, actually the point of this podcast is that we want to put coaching in some context and this isn't the only context and it's not all of the context, but we're not experts at the context. We're not experts (laughs) at the context, but we know something and it's some context. And like, we like asking questions. Yeah. And I think so much to me, this leads into the marketing aspect, which is like, I think so many more people in the world would benefit from coaching and be drawn to it 
if more of us knew how to talk about it in exactly. these contextual ways, right? right? Because like, as you said, it's a very young industry and like coaching is often presented in this kind of vacuum as if it just like stands on its own, makes sense on its own, applies to everybody in the same way. And like, you don't need to know anything about anything. Spring out of some corporate boardroom in the same Yeah. Or just like one person's brain and it has no, right. right? And I just like imagine it in this like white room. (laughs) It's sort of like, there's just like coaching in the middle as if it's just like spraying like Athena from Zeus's head, just like here's coaching and, you know, and like you don't, need to know anything else. And it's true that you can totally coach without knowing anything else and probably help some people. But I think such a richer, deeper conversation to be had about coaching. And for me, you know, we talk about this all the time and advanced certification in feminist coaching I do, like the whole point for me is how can we teach people, especially for me, women, people socialized as women, to hold themselves in their full humanity? To do that, we need to have a little bit of a bigger field of vision about yes. like human experiences. So that's like our 15 minute intro on what this podcast also, is about. Also, we're talking about every time we coach another human being, we're talking about where they came from and where they are now and where they're going, right? Just in the entirety of their lives. And I think it's a big responsibility. It's a lot to hold in somebody's awareness. And I don't know. I just think, yeah, we should talk about all the things that'll all be relevant and being able to serve not only just whatever that person's goals are, right? Like I think life coaching gets couched a lot in terms of like setting goals and achieving goals and creating the results and the outcomes. And that's all very good. But then beyond that, right? Like we hold the entire person in our minds, not just like the immediate pragmatic circumstances of their lives, but also their inner emotional life and their spiritual life and their physical life, that these are all connected. And the more holistically we can look at it, the more layers of what we can look at it, the better we can serve our clients. Yeah. And I think that leads us to marketing because, so we're going to do a couple of different episodes in this series and more than a couple, (laughs) more than a couple. We think we have five. But who knows? We'll probably come up with five more as we're going. Although you're going to have a baby at some point. So we got to like, <laughs> we can't just go forever. But one of the things we talked about was marketing because one of the things that Simone and I kind of share in our belief system is that you don't have to dumb down marketing to appeal to people, right? And that like marketing in the coaching space is so often taught as like, yes, you do need to make it like clear and comprehensible. Like there's definitely a lot of marketing in the coaching space that doesn't work because it's too coachy or vague or like people don't know what it means certainly the way I was taught it, there was a lot of this, like, I agree that you have to like show people the result that you're going to be able to help them create. But it was very focused on like, this relates to your, the thing you were saying about goal setting. It was like very focused on like, it's to lose weight or it's to stop drinking, or you're gonna have to show them this concrete physical goal. And you have to kind of pretend that like you like have the secret to it sort of, (laughs) right. Or like, you have to kind of like simplify. So, I mean, I have my own thoughts about it, but I'm curious to hear, since you are the marketing expert, like what is your take on kind of how we can up-level the marketing aspect? Yeah, I think that's so interesting because I was thinking about this whole, like you have to offer the problem and the solution sort Mm -hmm. of frame of thinking about it. And I think one really interesting thing about that is that that is sort of predicated on the idea which you and I, I know we're going to talk about later, but that's predicated on the idea that humans are rational creatures Mm -hmm. that make rational decisions out of rational Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-interest. It's a very modern Western idea. And And that people um, want to solve their problems, which like, I mean, sometimes. sometimes Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) 
right? So you need to put it in this very linear, reductive way. And like you said, people are way, way more complicated than that. And the thing is, everybody knows, like I teach marketing to coaches all day long, every single day. And if you talk to coaches, like everybody, they know that they are way smarter than whatever they're thinking of their clients as or their customers as, right? So my customers, I think, need a problem solution pair because that's what I've been taught. But for me, I buy for a million and a half like weird, complex (laughs) reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like not trusting the clients to also be complex, you know, creatures with bodies and minds and spirits that buy for all sorts of reasons, because we're not just rational creatures who are mm-hmm. like driven towards a solution to a single problem. And that's not the only reason we spend money, right? Like we spend money because we have money. We spend money because we're <laughs> bored. We spend money because we buy because this influencer that we like also bought that same thing. We buy because we like had a drink and we were tipsy. Like we buy for because we're horny. Like we buy for all kinds of reasons. And everybody will know that about themselves, like that their own reasons are complex, but somehow we feel like we have to reduce our own client, the people that we want buying from us to a caricature, this reductive caricature. And it's like, give people who want to buy from you more credit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to show up in more of your complexity and trust that they're going to show up in their complexity of desire as well. Yeah. And I think for me, it's a lot of like, I think there's this idea of like, not only are you going to solve problem and a solution, but as well, like all the marketing bros will tell you, you know, it's like that kind of mainstream marketing culture is like, and you basically tell them that their life is terrible now. And that if they solve this problem, it'll be amazing forever. Right. And like that, I think is such a disservice to your client's intelligence and to like the reputation of the coaching industry and to the expectations that your clients come into. It's like, What I have found to be true is that I can 100% sell something by explaining that it is not going to make their life perfect because they're a human and they're always going to feel terrible half the time. But that that is going to boggle so many people's minds right now. Like Cara explicitly tells people, hey, come buy my wonderful offer and you're not going to be happier at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and they buy. They buy. I mean, I do see you might be a little happier, but it's more just like, I think that what we are all doing really, right, is like helping people solve the basic problems in their life so they can create more interesting ones, right? It's like, okay, I'm like, right now I'm uncomfortable because I literally don't know how to have process an emotion. When I learn how to solve that, it doesn't mean I'm not going to have negative emotions. I'm just going to be able to like set a bigger goal or like do deeper work on it. And I think like as a feminist coach in particular, to me, like so many things that are sold to women, right? The marketing is based on the insecurities that you have absorbed from Mm -hmm. socialization, right? So it's like, you need to lose weight so you can finally feel good about yourself. You need to find a husband so you can finally feel good about yourself. You need to be a better mom because, you know, you're ruining your kids. (laughs) Like, Like you say, like, of course, every coach we talk to knows they're doing something more complex and interesting than that. But somehow we have all been sucked into this idea that the marketing has to be, it's almost like there's a difference between simple and dumb, right? Like Mm -hmm. marketing has to be simple in that you need to be clear in what you're saying. This is my perspective. You might disagree, but like, no, I completely agree. Like my marketing is clear in what I'm saying and that you can come to it. And if you like read an ad, it is moving in a logical progression and you understand what the words mean. So it's not like, V. I'm not like, come find your inner bliss on the journey of your whatever, whatever to the like, 
finally be a butterfly. Like people know what I'm saying. <laughs> Some people want to be a butterfly. Some Cara. people do. You're right. I'm not the right person for them. But it's like you can express a complex idea simply in a way that people can understand it. And your marketing does need to be simple in that it needs to be comprehensible to the average person and explain something in a new way to them. But it doesn't have to be dumb. We don't have to pretend that if you just learn my 10 secrets, then you'll be married in a year and then you'll never feel lonely again. That's not what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was thinking about how I completely agree about the importance of clarity and simplicity. Like, for example, I think I'm in a unique position as a business coach because I teach on business and marketing and I do talk about money, but I think the primary thing that I sell is the emotion of joy, like Mm -hmm. having joy in your marketing and people pay me lots of money so they can learn how to have joy. And I think when you come across my marketing, it's not like if you buy from me this thing and that thing's going to happen, you're going to make this much money. It's more complex than that. It's more intangible than that. But at the same time, it's very clear, right? Like anybody who meets me, like quote unquote meets me, like in the online space comes across my marketing has a crystal clear idea of like what I, as a person, what my brand, what my company, what my offers are about. And I think in order to be able to convey that without like going into like the butterflies and whatever language, you need a kind of disciplined curiosity about how to talk about what you do in a way that's going to make sense to people, which is not the same as dumbing it down. Like I often cite the example of like, you know, the greatest marketer that ever lived in the history of humanity, probably at least one of the greatest has to be Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Because he lived and just like the marketing on his behalf, like lives to this day, Mm -hmm. right? Has like taken over the entire world, colonized the entire world. (laughs) And he spoke of like parables to get like people to understand Mm -hmm. what he was talking about. But what's really interesting is that the people like from the time of his life, they like literally like died because of what he was teaching, like died for those ideas. Cause mm-hmm. he was such a good marketer. People were so fucking sold. Right. And what he was selling was like eternal life, like follow me, believe in me and you will have <laughs> eternal life. And you might get like arrested and thrown into a den of lions and like die. And all of your like family might abandon you, but that's okay. Cause you'll have eternal life. And first of all, the story there, the part of the moral is that you have to trust people, especially people who are interested in life coaching to yearn for greater meaning, for a greater purposefulness in their lives that goes beyond just, you know, losing 10 pounds of finding a partner, whatever, getting promoted at work, because clearly Jesus didn't market on any of that. And he was still incredibly successful. <laughs> that wasn't Jesus's thing. Wasn't like how to lose 50 pounds in the Galilee desert. <laughs> like let's go on a retreat. Like, so we're going to go into those caves that the monks use. We're going <laughs> to... Hold on. Where was I going with this Jesus? <laughs> I oh, don't know. I no, got no, very but, but he was he Jesus was terrible. Listen, like obviously this is not about like proselytizing Christianity, but I just like there's <laughs> that a marketing would be hilarious if this podcast turned into like <laughs> was it actually Christianity proselytization. It's That'd about your ironic. eternal soul. I was just while you because while you were talking, I was like, this is a great example of how your marketing doesn't appeal to everyone because us Jews were like whatever with your eternal life. We're not interested in buying this. Yeah. No but people who are, who bought into Jesus's marketing tried really, really hard for like totally. two millennia to like convert y'all. And <laughs> so, so it's always going to not work for a certain segment of the population. Right, exactly. But you have to understand your marketing's never going to work for everybody. Yeah. Some <laughs> of us are just like, no, thank you. So the point is people do want to buy intangible things. People seek and crave and yearn for a greater purpose and people will pay 
exorbitant costs, like their own lives to get what they want, you know, as evidenced by not only, you know, Jesus's followers, but like examples are rife everywhere in history Mm -hmm. Um, people just like dying, you know, paying exorbitant amount for what they believe in. And you can do that. You can create that compelling case for why what you're offering is so meaningful and why it's life-changing and why it's what somebody needs while also being like, okay, so I'm going to tell a story about, you know, a mustard seed or like whatever, like I'm going to make it clear and understandable to them. But what did make Jesus such a successful marketer was that there was something about him that when he talked about it, people like really believed it with him, right? It's like, it came from an inner conviction. It came from, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm just like assuming, right? I and just you never, can, I did not predict we were going to talk this much about Jesus. <laughs> listen, I could actually tell the same story about any religious leader, any yeah, cult leader, like, right. Sure, but the point David is crash right up there. Yeah. Like just the point is to think about the efficacy of like the charisma or the quality of ideas that get people to jump on board with something, which is basically what marketing is. Right. So if you think about that, you can just break out of whatever like box of rules you got yourself into. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's also about like the way that I learned it was very like, every time somebody asked me to do a marketing avatar, I want to kill myself. Right. Like that, like, her name is Jane and she has two kids and she lives in whatever and she right. buys Kellogg cereal. Like that never made sense to me and it never Neither. worked for me. Right. Yeah. And like the way that I always thought about it was like, if my brain is like this, then there's a lot of other people's brains who are like this. And I can talk to them about what their brain is like. I don't yeah. have to pretend that I know what the details of their life is like. So, yeah. and I'm not saying that's better or worse. Like people have built big businesses doing it that standard way too. But for the people who are like, we all know there are coaches out there who have work that would help people and it's not getting to those people because they're not comfortable marketing in a way that is reductive or that feels manipulative or that like one of the huge things that changed for me and my marketing was that I just decided at a certain point that I was never going to do anything that felt like I was doing a bait and switch right? Like I was never going to do like a webinar where I said I was going to teach you how to solve a problem. And then actually, yeah, exactly. Right. Like I was just not going to do that. And we're all taught that. And we all read like the same books by the marketing bros that tell us to do it that way. But like that always felt terrible. And of course you don't convert when you feel terrible like that either. Right. So like you are allowed to just explain to people what's going on in their brain, explain to them how you can help. Like it both is completely life-changing and will not change some things in your life, right? And make an offer. And like marketing is just a conversation with people. And I feel like there's something about that like idea of, well, you have to offer this concrete problem with this concrete solution that to me is very much like that same whitewashed room, right? It's just sort of like devoid of context, devoid of like history, devoid of cultural significance, right? Like if you are selling weight loss coaching, and you are not only like not ever talking about genetics, you're also not talking about like the impact of stress on weight. And you're not talking about how systemic racism impacts people's weight through stress and cortisol levels. You're like sort of selling this just like generic blank. I think people have the fear that if they complicate it, then people will be turned off and not want to buy, which is, I think right. it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. If you complicate it by making it like complicated in the sense of not clear, then that's true. Right. But like, there's just something about like when you are marketing, like here's this problem, here's the solution. 
and you are not doing it in a way that actually takes into consideration the bigger context, then you can only ever really be marketing to people who have the same exact problem you did with the same exact background and the same exact thought patterns, I think. Like there's just something about, like I think that coaching is always the worst for wear when it attempts to exist like this. It's like a brain in a jar, like without any of that kind of context around it. I really should have written down what I was thinking. (laughs) No, 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 you're right. Like I think people, listen, if you're listening to this episode, you have permission to trust your people to be smart and curious and to be as interested in the same complexity of issues as you are, because I don't know a single weight loss coach who doesn't grapple with these issues of socialization, right? Like, you know, I have a client who's a relationship coach who helps like coach a single woman. And she's very, very aware of the societal pressures that like make women feel like they have to be partnered in order to be complete. And when I coach coaches on their marketing, there's always this fear of like, okay, but if I like really tell them like really what's what I really think, if I really like lay out the social issues there, then what if that like interferes with my marketing? What if it confuses them? What if it, and I think Kara's is such a brilliant example of like, when you dare to elevate the level of conversation where you dare to trust people to be just as smart as you, just as deeply thinking, just as discerning then you will attract a caliber of clients who really are hungry to go there with you. And, and what kind I, of business yeah. do you want to be marketing, right? To me, I'm sort of like, okay, will I make half as much if I market this way? Because, you know, it is simpler to market the other way. Maybe, but what do I want to spend all my time doing and talking about, right? It's like pretending to be someone you're not in the dating world and then being like, well, now I have a partner who likes this other fake person. It's super not right? fun when <laughs> right. you're doing that, right? right? When you're like presenting as somebody like a half version of you. And I have to say, I have to take a lot of risks. What feels like an emotional risk for me to show up with all of my complexity of thoughts. Cause I question capitalism, like my role in like promoting the more nefarious aspects of capitalism as a business coach. I, I think about the parts where in our industry, we're not serving our clients as well as we could be because we are blind to certain topics. Like I interrogate a lot of that publicly, like in my podcast and in my teachings. And every time I do like the primal part of my brain's like, Oh, like you're invalidating yourself. You are mm-hmm. like, you know, making things complicated. And like, it would be better if you just had a simple, clear message that you like hammered over and over, over again. And there was no room for doubt. There was no room for nuanced discussion. There was no room to even like show my own humanity as, as mm-hmm. a teacher and as a creator of ideas, as somebody who has doubts about things. And as somebody who asks questions that are bigger than I can answer right now. Mm-hmm. And I made a similar decision as you some time ago where I decided, you know, I would rather be the coach who is like modeling what it means to like always like leave room for doubt and uncertainty because of ideals and values that I hold rather than project an image of perfect certainty. And I think people like pay me more money because of that. I'm convinced, right? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, don't take this as an excuse to make no money in your business. Cause you're just being so honest and complex. You definitely can make money this way. <laughs> no, but, but what happens, the only thing that's happening, if you're not making money, cause, oh, it's so complex and people aren't buying. Cause it's because you can be deeply compelled by your own offer and have nuanced thoughts about it. I think Kara and I have that in common. Like we both deeply, deeply believe in the value of what we're offering and we can debate a million things about it, right? Because we're always trying to make it better. And so if you feel like you're having trouble with that part, I would 
you know, spend time thinking about where am I not sold on my own offer? Where am I like sort of iffy on the fundamental value of what this is able to create for people, for the right people that I want to work with. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I, you know, to bring it to a close, like, I think we would both agree. I think that like the more honest you are in your marketing, I think the better you set your clients up for success. It's like, we were sort of like, often what you hear is like, well, you just got to get them in. And then once they're in, you like tell them the real deal. Who are you getting in and what, right. Right. And like, and what, right. And what are their expectations? Right. Like, so if you can tell the truth up front, like you might lose people. Like I am going to lose people who are like, nah, that doesn't sound right. I think if I got the promotion and the baby, I definitely would be happy for it. Like, <laughs> right. And that's fine. Like they're not my yeah. client, but you are going to get, it's like, we get so fixated coaches often. I think, think that there's this like fixed pool of people who will for coaching. Right. Wow. And it's like, it's such a small industry in the scope of the world. And so many people are not getting the coaching they need because they see this kind of advertising and they're just like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like they're just, yeah. it doesn't speak to them. So like, there's always going to be people that you will speak to by being more yourself. Like it may be that the kind of clients you got when you were not being yourself, yeah, you may not get them anymore, but you're going to get all the other clients who you will get by being yourself and by telling the truth. There's infinite clients and you will never discover how many of them there are unless you start to trust that they're there. Yeah. So I think our message is it should be simple and easy to understand. Do not take this as permission to write a like 6,000 word Facebook ad. That, no, that is not a like, good idea. And nobody can understand. So it is a, there is a discipline and a practice and a skill to communicating complex ideas. Clearly, simply. Yeah. That is worth it. And that is what you should study with Simone. But I think if Different you take any, dumbing it down. Yeah. If you take anything from this conversation, it is that you can show up to tell the whole truth, which is that like coaching doesn't solve the problem of being a human. It just makes you more skillful at it and able to spend your time on more interesting problems. It's like sort of going up the hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah, totally. Exactly. If you're just like really concerned with like anxiety over how to like make your life, like not suck, like you can spend all your energy on that, or you can learn how to manage your brain and then have negative emotions and struggle and fail on your way to creating a truly great life that you really want to be in. Right. Yeah. And which will still feel shitty half the time. hundred percent always. Right. But yeah, exactly. I think we can teach people that I always say like, there's no exit ramp off the human experience. And I don't think you don't have to market in a way that promises that there is to have a thriving business and to help people. And you can talk about things like hierarchy of needs. Like I just did. You exactly. Can just, like, trust you can people like to be smart and of Maslow and no big deal. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Yeah. All right. Go for it. What are we talking about next time? Next time, I think we're talking about history, like why it's important to know about history. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Until next time. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and all humor aside, you understand that in order to be the best coach you can be, you need a deeper understanding of the history, the politics, the sociology, the cultural framework, and the critical theory that has informed everything we've talked about on this podcast, then you're going to want to check out the Advanced Certification in Feminist Coaching. It's the only certification in the coaching industry that offers the depth of social justice and critical analysis with the most transformative life coaching tools available. So I always say, if you try to coach a woman without understanding this stuff, you're bringing a butter knife to a sword fight. If you want to get on the wait list for the advanced certification in feminist coaching, you can text your email address to plus one three, four, seven, nine, nine, seven, one, seven, eight, four, 
Again, that's plus one, three, four, seven, nine, nine, seven, one, seven, eight, four. Just text us your email. You will get prompted for a code word. And the code word is just ACFC, just those letters, all caps, all together, like an acronym, ACFC. Or you can visit unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash ACFC. Again, all one word, unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash ACFC to join the waitlist. If you are at all interested, I highly recommend doing this because last time we opened registration, it sold out from the waitlist in a few days before we even emailed my whole list about it or posted about it publicly. So there's a lot of kind of pent up demand building, which is amazing. And it just makes me so happy to know that so many people want to bring this feminist coaching perspective to their work. But I want to make sure that if you are interested, you get on the list now, whenever you're listening to this, so that you're notified for the next time we open, because it does fill up really, really fast. All right. I'll see some of you there. Hey, this is Simone. If you're a life coach and you want to be as good at marketing as you're at coaching, you've got to get on my email list. I'm going to be honest, it's got a bit of a cult following. And if you're into doing things your way, as opposed to following somebody else's rules, and you don't mind me cursing a little bit, you're going to love my letters to you. Sign up now at the link in the show notes, and I'll send you a list of some wacky principles I followed to make my very first $100,000 in my coaching business with an ADHD brain. I'll see you in your inbox. (laughs) 